Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said, every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? We Holy have, interview, too. Oh, yes. We have <laughs> Burt Ward, the original Robin from Batman and Robin. Burt Ward has gone from Cape Crusader to Animal Crusader with his gentle giant's pet food. And we are so excited to have him on the show and hear about his story. And we're excited to hear a little bit about the pet food. Yes, we Batman are. Batman and Robin and yes. your marriage and everything in between. Everything. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Well, hello, citizens. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a surreal moment it for is. us. Well, you guys probably grew up watching me on television uh, uh, when you were in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, about right. <laughs> so I always like to start the show out the same way as, you know, the last 18 months has been tough for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, how has COVID affected what you do and what have you done this last 18 months to kind of maneuver through this? Well, you know, it, it's such a horrible thing and such a serious matter. Uh, um, knock on wood, my wife and I have, have not caught anything. Um, we haven't been vaccinated yet. That's coming, but, uh, but we haven't caught anything. And we have a, an amazing world that we live in. Um, we have a five acre compound in the heart of our city and like uh, we, we have everything here so the, the the only thing i would say that's been limiting is you know going places yeah, um, yeah now i have a a, a 100 year old mother who <laughs> i <laughs> like to visit more wow. but oh, yeah wow. oh i yeah let me tell you something my mother is unbelievable she is for a hundred years old she is in amazing condition in fact i told her no more jumping jacks, no more <laughs> somersaults. She's got to cool it at a hundred, right? Yeah. In fact, I tell everybody, the first hundred years are the hardest. After that, it's pretty <laughs> feeling. <laughs> but uh, it, that's the only limiting thing is going places and I kind of miss going out for dinners, but we have everything yeah. brought in and, you know, we have all the protocols with the, you know, people have to wear masks and gloves and, you know, they, right. we have a service that, that goes grocery shopping for us. So, you know, other than the fact that it, it, you know, it's limiting in the sense of going places, yeah. Yeah. we're dealing with it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to a point where uh, after we're fully vaccinated and after we, you know, this kind of calms down in our country, mm -hmm. maybe approaches herd uh, immunity, yes. that it'll be a safer thing to go to. Yeah. Um, my press agent, Roger Neal, was telling me now that the studios are starting to come back. There's still people... Mm -hmm. A lot of people working out of their homes yeah but yeah the, the tv stations are starting to do in-person interviews and and you know it makes sense to come back slowly because you know it it's does. a dangerous thing and uh so so other than the fact that it's been somewhat limiting for my wife and i we have everything here we um we we have i mean an incredible home where we actually have our own recording studio here we're building a sound stage I mean, we're, we're really, we're going to be making television and films and stuff right here on our property. Um, I also have a visual effects company. I've done 35 feature films, oh, all wow. the graphics. Wow. You know, I've done a lot of major movies that do actually have our own little world here. And we're incredibly happy and we love people. But the, uh, the other thing we do and spend a lot of time is our charity. Oh, yes. Tell us we, about we that. We do an enormous amount of charity. Uh, you, you know, it's so funny because people say to me, 
well, you know, Bert, I, I watched you on Batman, you know, and you were the Cape Seder, but how is it like, for example, you've gotten involved with animals and stuff yeah. like that? I said, well, it's really not all that different if you think about it. I mean, I was saving Gotham City citizens <laughs> as, as Batman yeah. and Robin. Um, and now we, we, for the last 27 years, my wife and I have been saving dogs. And oh, cats. same concept, right? You know, yeah. I mean, you're still saving lives, right? It is. Yeah. And we've, uh, just to give you an idea, we started in 1994. I, uh, you know, you guys were probably, well, you were out of your diapers, Ben, but you were still well, very young. 50, so. There you yeah. go. 50? Yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. You, what do you drink, formaldehyde? You look amazing. <laughs> very well preserved anyway uh we we started 1994 rescuing great danes because we found out these big beautiful dogs were all dying in shelters because oh, yes. the rescue every every breed has a rescue i don't know if you're familiar like if you have there's a chihuahua rescue there's a German yeah. oh, okay per breed. every breed of dog has a rescue usually in some city major city you know in each state yeah yeah so in southern california the, unfortunately, the lady that had been rescuing Great Danes herself had died. So all these Great oh. Danes, gentle, gentle giants were being taken into shelter. Love that term. And put to death. Mm -hmm. Because the animals, oh, dogs exactly. are always barking. And if you see a giant dog, you know, in a cage barking, a lot of people are too intimidated to take the dog out. Even yeah. though the dog yeah. is really just calling for help, you know, yes, not being aggressive, absolutely. just calling for help. Anyway, we started rescuing these Great Danes, and we've rescued more than 15,500 wow. dogs oh, in the last amazing. 27 years. Not just Great Danes. We started with Great Danes. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in the first week of August of 1994, when we started, uh, in that three weeks till the end of August, by the end of that time, in our house, now, not, not outside, not outside, <laughs> I'm talking about in our house, I had 102 full-size Great Danes. Whoa. And 62 puppies under seven weeks of age. Wow. wow. And my poor wife, Tracy, was getting no sleep because every <laughs> one of these, these yeah. seven litters, they had to nurse their puppies. And yeah. she would okay. sleep on our, kitchen, on our kitchen floor and bring a mother in and her puppies, nurse them. And then the mother, when they get up, because they have to go out to go to the bathroom afterwards, mm -hmm. be careful with the Great Dane. They're so big that if they accidentally stepped on a puppy, that would be it, right? Yeah. So she had to really protect everything. And she would get the mother out and incubate the litter. And then here would come the next mother. And by the time oh, she got wow. finished with the seventh one, it oh, was wow. time to start the first one again. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, now that went on Full for about two or three months. But you talk about a real um, <laughs> test of fire to start with, right in the very beginning. But yeah. thereafter, we people would come to us and they'd say, "Well, we got this beautiful Great Dane, and thank you for rescuing it." But I've got this other dog. You know, that's his best friend. But I guess I'll have to take him to the shelter and have him put to sleep. And oh. I look at my wife and say, "No, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. All right, leave the dog here." So, so we started getting more and more breeds. We now have 45 different breeds. They're wow. here. Now there's only 164 breeds of dogs. We have <laughs> a third of all the breeds of dogs right here. Oh, wow. And, and I think my wife has redefined the term Great Dane. If it has four legs and a tail, it must be a Great Dane, right? <laughs> yeah. But, so anyway, we started saving these dogs and we found homes for them. And we found homes actually for every single one. Um, right. 
but but what we also found out is that they have very short lives. The bigger the dogs, the shorter the yeah. lives. Yes, we heard and that. Occasionally, we would lose one, and when we did, oh. it just so upset my wife Tracy and I. I mean, both of us literally sobbed, and we decided. Now, this is back in 1994, 95, that if there was a way, we'd find some way to help them live longer. I mean, yeah. these are the most gentle, giants, loving dogs. And we came up because just imagine if you lived for 27 years of your life with never less than 50 dogs in your house, mm. 24 mm. seven for 27 wow. years, you, I mean, you have to learn a lot, right? Oh, yeah. yes. You learn special ways of caring for them. And the long and short of it is we developed a feeding and care program where these dogs were living three to five years longer oh, just wow. by the way you feed them and care for them ah, just by mm -hmm. changing things. For example, most people feed their dogs twice a day. That's no good, that, shut, uh, that cuts the dog's lifespan in half as much, okay? Huh. Oh, wow, uh, I've never you, done that. We feed our dogs a minimum of five or more times a day, smaller. Oh, kind of like how a human should be. Exactly, yeah. you know, I, people say, well, five or more times, you're crazy. And I said, wait a minute. If you went to your own human doctor, say for an annual checkup, and you're there at the doctor and you were to ask your doctor the following question, doctor, am I better off eating one or two big meals a day or four or five smaller meals? What do you think your doctor would say? Everybody oh, knows no, the answer. Man. Oh, four or five. Well, why wouldn't you do that for a dog who's not designed as well as a human being who actually yeah. is more yeah. important for the dog to eat smaller, more frequent meals than a human? Wow. Well, that that makes plus sense. the other thing we discovered is that dogs' bodies wear out much faster than human bodies. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. why they don't live as long. Well, you know, on Batman, if you remember on almost every show, there was always like a, an hourglass, you know, the hourglass, you turn it up. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Of time or running out, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, dogs' energy, the ability to get up, to walk, to function, to play, to run, to just function. Okay, is like that sand coming out of the hourglass. Eventually, mm -hmm. over time, it all comes out. And when that happens, it's over. And it's mm -hmm. over for our dogs as well as anybody else's dog. So how is it that we can have dogs running around like puppies in their mid-20s when other people's mm -hmm. dogs can't get up anymore at eight or nine? Wow. Well, the way oh, wow. we've done it is by conserving the dog's energy. No different than conserving water. If you had a drought where you mm -hmm. guys lived and your city said, well, you know, we got to ration water here a little bit, you know, so that there'll be water for everybody. So it'll continue. Well, we found a way, for example, I'll give you a quick thing, a tip, uh, elevating the dog's food and water dishes. People say, oh, yeah, I went out and I bought this little thing that's about a foot high. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Every dog has a, spe a specific height that they, their food and water should be. And that oh, height okay. touch that they never lean down. They only oh, wow. their head down. Okay, if, you wow. have a, if you put your water bowl and, and food bowl down on the ground or even up mm -hmm. just slightly elevated, just think every single day that dog goes down to get food, comes up, oh, down to get water, up and down yeah. and up. But they're wearing their bodies out prematurely. Wow. So that plus another major thing, we we finally decided to make our own food because we, you know, we got these dogs living three to five years longer and we thought, well, what else? Is there anything else? These are such wonderful. I'd love to have these dogs forever. So, <laughs> so uh, what we, we, we went out and we made our own food for our dogs, not thinking about ever selling it. You, you have to understand when you're living with these animals and you live with them night and day, I mean, you care for them just like your own children, you know? Mm -hmm. 
In fact, I like to tell people I have two human children and I've had 15,500 canine kids. (laughs) I love love my human children, but I do have to say one thing about canine kids, all right? In 27 years, not one of those 15,500 dogs ever asked me to buy them a car, okay? So (laughs) I'm ahead of the game there. Right. We, we, we created this food and you know something we discovered and I want to, and on a very serious note, we discovered something when we went to make this food that we didn't know that people don't know that pet food companies know. And it, it, it so upset us. It literally mm-hmm. changed our mm-hmm. life. Here. Here's what we found out that every pet food company knows something that the average person doesn't know. And that is the more fat content they put in the food the hungrier it makes dogs. Think about that. that. Mm -hmm. A pet food company filling their their food with fat to confuse an animal's, innocent animal's brain to think it's always hungry. You know, humans, same way. You put more fat in stuff. Exactly. In fact, you remember about 10 or 11 years ago, there was a movie called Supersize Me. Okay, remember, remember yeah. that? That was the whole thing. The guy went to McDonald's every day for a month yeah. in Ohio, yeah. mm-hmm. ate every meal there, gained 55 pounds and almost died. All right, yes, this is that. the same principle. So mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. we made our food, you have to understand, first of all, w- w- from our rescue and from our now from our dog food, we never, we don't take a dime in salary. We, we take zero. There, there, we, this is not about money. This is about life, helping yeah. mm-hmm. loving animals live longer and healthier. So we made this food without all the fat. So what happened was we all of a sudden are finding out, geez, I've got 18-year-old Great Danes. I've got 21-year-old shepherds. I've got, I mean, I've all of a sudden I'm having dogs that are living so incredibly long wow. and so, so healthy. Here, just imagine, I, this kind of might be a little mind-boggling, but uh, we have always a minimum of 50 in our house, right? We mm-hmm. feed six hundred pounds a day of dental. <laughs> wow, that's mind-boggling. Wow. Now, now you've seen those big bags of dog food, right? You know, yes. We feed 20 of those a day. A wow. day. Wow. Just think, what does it take to lift, carry, pour, and <laughs> clean up from 20 giant bags a day? Gonna right? keep you healthy, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but the, the key thing is, is that then the people that would come and adopt the dog, they would see like a 18 year old Great Dane. I mean, Great Danes only live seven to nine years or one of the other breeds, you know, that we have here. All, in fact, almost all of our dogs have doubled their lifespan just by the way we feed and care. Some wow. have tripled and one quadrupled four mm. times their normal lifespan. Oh, a, wow. a Russian wolfhound that's supposed to live seven to eight years, live 27 and a half years. Wow. Document. Oh, wow. That's all amazing. right. And even the TV show Inside Edition came out and they did a s- segment on our dog Tara. It said, oh, this wow. girl's old, mm-hmm. this girl's 20, well, she was 25 at the time. She lived to 27 and a half. But so what happened, people would come out to adopt these dogs from us and they say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe an 18 year old Great Dane or a, you know, 22 year old, you know, whatever, Mastiff. And, and they, and we, we, we adopted the dog and they said, well, now what am I going to feed my dog? And we said, well, you know, you could go out and feed whatever you want. And they said, no, 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 no. We want to feed what you're feeding. I said, well, we don't even have any labels. It's unlabeled. We technically can't sell it unless it's labeled. So all of a sudden we had to comply Mm -hmm. with all the labeling laws. You know what I mean? Because because why would they, you know, they would say, why would I want to take a dog 
that I feed them a regular food and they live seven to nine years where your dogs are living into their 20s. I want your food. And that mm-hmm. started. And now all across America and almost all the Walmarts and almost all the Target stores online, every retailer, Chewy, Petco, PetSmart.com, all of the dot coms have our food. And, oh, and we take the finest food in the world for one reason, to help the animals live longer and healthier. And I got to tell you something, it's very touching to my wife, Tracy and I, to know that, you know, so many people out there, I mean, you asked me a question at the beginning about COVID. Well, look what happened when COVID hit. Everybody started staying at home. Do you know mm-hmm. that animal shelters throughout the United States were emptied of their pets because oh, people wanted companionship uh-huh. in their home? Oh, right? yes. And, and think about elderly people, okay? Maybe that, maybe their kids have grown up, you know, maybe their spouse is no longer alive and all they've got in the world is that dog. Then they love that dog. If I can help people have their dogs live 10 years longer and healthier, what an incredible thing for their life in addition to the dog's life, right? Yes. Become our charity. And we do this and we're very proud. And then I'll tell you something. We rescued 500 cats. Now that's a lot of cats, right? Oh, that is. Yeah. I mean, not not as much as 15,500 dogs, but still, <laughs> 500 cats is a lot of cats. That and is. Two years ago, we lost two of our cats. One was 31 years old. The other was 32 <laughs> years old. Whoa. Unheard of to live that. Unheard of. Yes. Guess what wow. they were eating? Guess what they were eating? Our dog food. Oh. We didn't have cat food at the time. So what wow. we did is we. We, we, we have this amazing dog food formula. We then brought in the top nutritionists in the country and they, you know, took that as a basis mm-hmm. and then converted it to be totally perfect for cats. And now we have Gentle Giants cat and kitten food and Gentle Giants dog and puppy food. But this is our charity and we, we love animals, you know, and what a gift of, I mean, what could be more important than life? You know, we, we tell right. everybody, you know, there's nothing more precious than life. That is our motto. Love that. Love that. No. Amazing. I love the story. Love your passion for animals. Yes, um, we love animals so, as well. So let's uh, go back a little bit. Before we get to your marriage, because we got a marriage story for you too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, crazy like yours. But let's yes. go further back. And right. tell us about auditioning to play back, to play Robin. I mean, yes. that, I mean, did you know the part was going to be that? I mean, what did you know, didn't know? And Okay, let me tell you what I I wanted to be an actor, and I was studying, and I'm talking about this is uh, graduating high school. I got an opportunity to go back east to apprentice at a very prominent playhouse called the Bucks County Playhouse in New Hope, Pennsylvania, and I got a chance to apprentice there. And, and as an apprentice, you build sets. Uh, you have they have the summer stock. I'm sure you've heard of summer stock. Yeah. Every, every two weeks, yeah. a, a celebrity comes in and does a play and stuff like that. And I, I, I had this wonderful opportunity, to, and, and that's where I sort of started in terms of being exposed to the people in the real industry. Yeah. But I've yeah. been studying acting at UCLA, where I was going to college, uh, University of UCLA, and I was also studying professionally with some one of the top coaches in, in Hollywood. I knew what I wanted to do, but I hadn't had an opportunity. My father was a very prominent real estate broker in Beverly Hills, and yeah. I got my license. You have to be 18 years old to get a license, and you have to go to, you know, most people go to the, you know, college or, or take a course, and you know, in order to be able to pass the test. 
because I grew up in a family where my father was so knowledgeable. I never even had to study. I just went and took the test right after my 18th birthday. And I became the youngest person at the time in California to get their real estate license. So on the weekends, I was helping my father. There's a thing when people have open houses where someone sits there at the house and greets people when they come in and maybe hand them a brochure. You know, I'm sure you've seen that. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the people that came in to one of the houses that I was there was a very prominent Hollywood producer. And I've always been a friendly person. I got talking to him and he, you know, he told me what he did. I said, you know, sir, I would really love an opportunity to, to show you a scene. Could I just do a scene in front of you? He said, what now? (laughs) (laughs) And I just did this, you know, and he said, you know, you're pretty talented. Let me send you to an agent because in Hollywood, you can't do anything if you don't have an agent. I mean, you know, it's like, people who have agents say that they don't do any work people who don't have agents don't get it i mean it's like you can't win you can't win right so i went to he was so nice this man he sent me to an agent and i went to see this agent here's what the agent said to me i can't get work for the actors i've got i would never take a new actor if the producer hadn't called i would never consider you but because he called me and asked me as a personal favor i have to do it so don't expect to work for a year. If you do get something, <laughs> you might get one line and, you know, and, and oh, you're wow. lucky to have yeah. that. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I left there and it was a couple of weeks. And then I got a phone call from, a, I guess, a secretary in his office. And she said, there's something going over at 20th Century Fox. Uh, we don't know what it is, but we have an appointment. They're interviewing young guys. So tomorrow we have an appointment, drive over to the, you know, the gate at uh, mm-hmm. in, in Century City, uh, 20th Century Fox at, at 4.30. So the next day I showed up at the gate and yes, there was a, my name was on a list, uh, you know, and, and I got a pass to park onto the lot and I found the bungalow that I was supposed to go to. They have a, instead of a, like a big building, they had all these like little separate bungalows, right? Where they, okay. the different shows were cast and stuff yeah. like that. So I went in to meet this casting director and uh, I said, you know, he said, oh, you're Bert. And I said, yes. And he said, well, nice to meet you. And we talked for a couple of minutes. He said, would you like to meet the executive producer? I said, sure. <laughs> now you have to understand, I'd never been on an interview and it is oh, not easy one. to meet the executive producer, but I didn't know that, right? I figured <laughs> you thought that was normal. Yeah. Why not? That was what they do. So he said, okay, well, there's another bungalow. You got to walk on the, you know, over there to that bungalow. And uh, so I went over to the other bungalow and they said, uh, oh, are you Burt Ward? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, well, come in. Uh, William Dozier is going to meet you. And I walked in and, you know, again, I'd never been on an interview. So therefore, unlike all these other actors that are just devastated from rejection, I mean, they're just <laughs> been rejected so many times. And, you know, it really hurts when you're the product. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. you're selling toothbrushes and somebody doesn't like your toothbrush. Well, so what? But if right. you're the product and somebody's not, nah, it's no good. I mean, you know, it kind of demeans you, right? Mm-hmm. But I never had that. I never, because I've never been on an interview. So therefore it was never turned down. So I walked in and, and this executive said, hello, sir, like this. And he's like, oh, you know what I mean? No, I've never done that with him. Right? I mean, he couldn't believe it. And he's like, he, he, and he looked at me for a minute. He said, hmm. He says, you're kind of big for the part. I said, oh, but sir, I promise you, I won't grow anymore. And he laughed, right? I mean, how could he stop 
And he said, would you like to do a screen test? I said, sure. I figured everybody got to do a screen test. Well, that's not true either, but I didn't know that. Oh, so funny. anyway, I, but I still had no idea what, what this was about. So, you, and by the way, you can see my screen test on, on uh, YouTube or, oh, you know, wow. oh, yeah. right? Okay. So the first thing I did in my screen test, they wanted someone who was athletic. Well, I had been studying karate that had just come into the United States in 1959, which is, <laughs> and this is 1965, right? And, and oh, wow. so I, I, I'd already, you know, but most people never even heard of it. So I did some judo stuff and falls and I broke a board with my hand, which nobody had ever seen at that time. Was okay. that some of the stuff with Bruce Lee? Well, I got, I got to be friends with Bruce Lee. He and I used to spar together. We used to oh, fight. Wow. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you yeah. about that in a minute. Anyway, okay. so um, I, I, they, they, they said, well, okay, you know, after I did this physical stuff, they said, well, we want you to do a reading here. We want you to meet this other actor. And they handed me a single sheet of paper. And on that single sheet of paper, it just said, uh, Bruce, and, and, and um, you know, a couple of sentences. And then it said, mm -hmm. Dick, and a couple of sentences. Didn't say Bruce Wayne or oh, Dick Raven yes. or Batman. Just Bruce. <laughs> just Bruce. Wow. I, you know, and plus, you had, I had no idea. Nobody told me what this was about. Yeah. So he yeah. said, Here's the, you're going to read with this. Which actor. is probably good. Exactly. Yeah. Probably. And so they, you're going you're gonna to read with this actor. And I was introduced to Adam West. Uh, I sat yeah, down next yeah. to him to run lines. You know, that's where, you know, one, you know, one says their line, the other. And you kind of practice mm -hmm. together. And within five minutes, the two of us were laughing. We got along so well. And you know something? For more than oh, 50 God. years, we never stopped laughing. That, I mean, we just got along. We was like two peas out of the same pot. I mean, we just got along so well. We, you know, he's such a funny guy, such a wonderful oh, guy, God. you know, amazing, amazing guy. So anyway, we, we did this Bruce and Dick stuff. Again, who would know what it was? You know, it's very simple, you know what I mean? Language and stuff, nothing. It would be telling. And they said, okay, good. We're, we're done with that. And I said, well, thank you very much. It's nice meeting you. You know, I enjoyed the screen test. They said, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> we don't want you to leave yet. I said, oh, well, why not? Well, we have one more thing for you to do. I said, okay, well, what's that? We want you to go over on the other side of the sound stage. We have a trailer there. And there's two wardrobe men who are going to help you get dressed. And then we uh, want you awesome. to do some other stuff. I said, mm -hmm. okay. I said, you know, with all due respect, I'm perfectly capable of dressing myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't know. You, you just go over there. You'll see. You'll, You'll see. Find You'll out. see. Right? <laughs> so I walk across this giant soundstage. I'm telling you, it's like walking three blocks down the street. This thing is gigantic, <laughs> right? And it's like tall and cold in there. You know what I mean? It's heavily padded mm -hmm. to keep the sound up. <clears throat> so I see a light on in this trailer. I go in there and there's sure enough, these two guys there. And then they have, it, it, it looks like a giant mattress, but it's, it's like a couch that's 12 feet long. I mean, just huge. And on this, <laughs> and it has no back, it just has like a kind of mm -hmm. giant mattress or multiple mattresses. Anyway, there's all these clothes there. And I said, am I going to put some of this on? They said, no, you're going to put all of it on. Whoa. Said, oh, what really? Wow. These guys helped me get dressed in what I can only tell you is the most uncomfortable thing I ever put on my entire life. Everything itched or hurt or pinched. There was none peace in my life in any part of my body. 
from the mask at the top that they irritated oh, yeah. the edges of my eyelashes. If you can imagine something that keeps rubbing your eyelashes, probing wow. us, oh, wow. to tights that pull the hair on the inside of my leg, to boots mm -hmm. that pinch my feet, to, I mean, wow. every hip, double thick bridal satin cape that I pull my head back like this, you know? <laughs> I mean, just, you just couldn't believe it. Nothing, it was just horrible. Everything itch or hurt or pinched. So, and I'm hobbling, right? I'm like, <laughs> how do you move in this thing, right? And you can't yeah. really see except right through the mask. In other words, you have no peripheral vision. You have no down vision. I mean, you can only see straight ahead. I nearly broke my neck coming out of that door of the trailer because I couldn't see down to find the step. Oh, wow. Right? Being the positive, and, and I don't even understand what this is about. All I know is <laughs> yeah. I'm in a torture suit, you know? <laughs> and as but i've always been a positive person you know what i mean yeah. so i'm trying to think positively so as I, I started to hobble to the door i turned around to these two wardrobe guys i said well the good news here is that after probably another 15 or 20 minutes i'll never have to wear this costume again famous last words right yeah so i hobble no all, all the way across just imagine walking three blocks and something pulling pinching twisting hurting oh, oh, wow. just agony and i get over mm -hmm. there and then i see this other actor the adam west the guy i was doing and he's in a, yeah. in a owl and a, <laughs> I, you have to understand we did not have where i lived there was no such thing as batman comic books there weren't. Oh, there was Superman. You didn't know. You didn't know. I, did, I had, and I thought maybe this is some kind of Shakespearean uh, piece or yeah. something mm -hmm. dated back to Shakespeare time. Why, why are we wearing these capes and stuff like that? <laughs> I, I had no idea what this was. Anyway, so after that screen test, okay, um, I waited six weeks, and and about two weeks into the six weeks that I was waiting. I started getting phone calls from the studio, like, uh, what's your shoe size? Oh, okay, what's this? Uh -huh. Well, what's your hat size? I don't wear a hat. I, you know, they said, well, go do get now. your head measured. Well, where do I go to get my head measured? You know, I mean, you know, things like, you, know, you don't know these things, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm saying, why am I getting these calls? And then at the end of six weeks, I get a call from the agents. Okay, these are the ones that told me, you know, don't expect to work for a year. They said. We want you to come in and sign contracts. And wow. I thought, wow, yeah, yeah. I'm now going to be formally represented. These are the agency contracts. I can say I have a legitimate agent. So I drove over to Century City and I went in and I they said, here, and they sat me down and I'm looking at a contract that's like this thick, right? an inch and a half thick. And I'm saying to myself, gee, that's kind of thick for just for representing somebody. Yeah. Right? And I looked down at the contract and it says, 20th Century Fox Studios. Mm. And I said, I called him. I said, wait, wait a minute. I, to the secretary, I said, I've got the wrong contracts here. He said, oh, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm supposed to be signing agency contracts. I'm not signing these contracts. They said, no, no. Those are the contracts you're supposed to sign. I said, what mm. do you mean? And then guy the comes in and says, well, wait a minute. You, 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 you obviously know you got the part. No, I don't know. You mean the studio <laughs> didn't tell you? I said, no. <clears throat> And then said, Come in. later I went to the studio in. and they said, you mean your agents didn't tell you? So four of the six weeks that I was rotting, waiting for something to happen, I actually had the part, but didn't know about it. The whole time. Oh, wow. And that was the beginning of this whole thing, you know, oh, crazy and, 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 and the next week I, I was called into the studio and I went in there 
And I saw the same executive producer. His name was William Dozier, very prominent, very dignified man. And he said to me, would you like to know why we selected you, Bert, to play this role? I, I said, yes, I, I'd like to know. He said, because in our minds, forgetting television, let's just forget television for a minute. Mm -hmm. yeah. What if there yeah. really was a Robin? I mean, like the real thing. Yeah. We think that you personally, personally wow. would be it. So we don't want you to take oh, wow. on a character. No, 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 no. We don't want you. You're to playing play. you. Exactly. Yeah. And oh, the right. only thing we ask that. you is the only two things we ask you. Be yourself and mm. be enthusiastic. Well, I don't have <laughs> that was easy, right? Yeah. Oh, it's like nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because all through these years, you know, we would do specials or this or that. And a couple of years ago, I did these two Warner Brothers movies animated where I did the voice. And, you know, they have these interviewers say, well, you know, what's it like to get back into character? You Nothing. never left. I never left. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, they, they don't understand. So all of those mannerisms that you saw, like, you know, hitting my fist together mm -hmm. and, you know, that all of those things, that was me. And, and just to give you an idea, um, I, I, you know, last year I got my star in Hollywood Boulevard, which was really an amazing. Oh, wow. oh it, congrats it, on that. It is amazing. And, you know, and I tell people, I am a patient person, but I waited like 50 years. I mean, don't you think that's kind of long, 50 years? <laughs> you waited my life. Anyway, after that event, it's kind of customary for the celebrity to throw a party, thanking the people, the Hollywood Chamber mm -hmm. of Commerce and all that kind of stuff. And which we did right around the corner at this place called the Hollywood Museum. Fantastic museum. Has a big Batman display, an entire floor. Batmobile, everything. Oh, yeah. wow. yeah. okay. All all the scripts, all the costume, everything. So I threw this party, and what was amazing is, uh, and this my, my press agent Roger Neal had put this together. He had arranged, and I didn't know about it, for some people that were actually actors on Batman to come mm -hmm. during the time I was mm -hmm. filming. Okay, I hadn't seen these people in fifty years. Wow! Right? <laughs> and at, also at this party was the original director of the pilot. Uh, you know, his name is Robert Butler, original director. This is the first director I ever worked with. Wow. And he came there and he's obviously, you know, way up in years, but nicest man in the whole world. And he said to me, Bert, I have a story to tell you. Said, <laughs> no. And I said, geez, and this is at the party. And I said, well, I'd love to hear it. He said, the first day on the set, when I came in to direct and I was introduced to you and Adam, the executive producer came over to me and said, we've got this young kid that we've cast as Robin. And we don't know if he can act or not. We don't know what he can do, but <laughs> we'd like you to go over and talk to him and see if you can work with him. Are you going to be able to, you know, are you going to be able to get stuff done with this mm. kid, you know? Mm. And I remember he, this was right just there setting up stuff. He came over and says, can I talk to you for a few minutes? And I don't really remember the specifics of what he said, but I remember the fact that he, because, you know, here it is like this big Hollywood director is coming over and asking to speak to me. Okay. And uh, I talked to him for a few minutes and, and then I just never thought about it again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, he told me the part that was really interesting that he went back to the executive producer and says, you think, you know, you can work with this guy. Do you think you can, you can mold him to do the character that, you know, the way you envision it? He said, let me tell you something. He said, this is what he said. He told me that he had said to the executive producer, 
He said, this kid is such a natural. I am not going to stand in his way to do anything. I'm going to let you be you. That's right. He said, I'm not telling him anything. So, which was a, what a great compliment, but here's an example of something, how it actually occurred. And the very first show against the Riddler, Batman and Robin, we get oh, a yeah. call. We, we go to this museum where we believe that the Riddler is about to hold up the museum. Mm-hmm. It's the first episode. And uh, yeah. we, we pull up with the Batmobile outside of the uh, museum and with a big, tall building. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, most people get in and out of their car by the door, right? Yeah. And throughout the series, I ended up jumping over the door to get out or jumping <laughs> into the door over the door. You know, always that. Not, not any regular stuff, right? Yeah. Well, in this particular time, because the way we pulled up, that the back of the of the Batmobile was about closest to where the building we were going to climb. Mm-hmm. Instead of going out, just opening the door and getting out, I stood up on the seat, stood up on the door, walked on the that fin that goes on the back and jumped oh. off the back. And the director <laughs> says, "Cut, cut! We can't do that." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, we didn't plan for that." We thought you were coming out the door. I just did what I thought was right. Yeah. And they and 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 the assistant director says, "Oh, I'll tell him that he has to come out the door." And then the director says, "No, no, wait a minute. What he did was actually amazing. That was just so natural." He said, "All right, let's take another half an hour. Get the track. We're gonna dolly along. We're gonna and there it was in the show where I did the same thing. Okay, walked wow. along, oh, up, jumped off the bat. I mean, that shows you something that isn't planned. That." Yeah, natural, right? Yeah. Well, what mm-hmm. we didn't know is that George Barris, who created the Batmobile, you know, he was on set with two of his people to keep the Batmobile shiny, and he was having a heart attack that I was standing on his Batmobile and my bat oh. walking on that thin, okay, yeah, it could could easily have been dented or scratched or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was having a heart attack. And and the and the director found out about it, and he had two of the guy, two of the uh, guys that worked for him, holding the guy back from attacking me, you know. Because, and they said, "You leave my actor alone," you know. I mean, I found out later, and I became very good friends with George Barris, but I didn't realize at the time that I had to worry about his paint job in the car, right? Oh, I was just yeah. trying to do the scene, and it's that kind of naivete that I had that and that the studio just loved because I would do all these things that nobody ever asked nobody ever told me how to say a line or then they never told Adam people are directed all the time oh no can you say it this way can you can you do it a little faster can you do this can you do no Adam and I had such a a relationship a chemistry between us (laughs) that y'all knew or y'all knew what each other about to do Exactly. And, you know, and Adam was like, what an amazing character. And people ask me, I mean, is he really that stiff in person? I mean, is he really that, that just, you know, like that? I said, every bit, that's him. You got him. him. The bigger he got with, well, you know, Robin and this and that, and then the faster I would talk. (laughs) I always countered whatever he did and it worked perfectly. And nobody balanced each other. Absolutely. All the time. I mean, but he would say things to me that I would literally like, like bow my head and say, oh my God. He said to me one time, he says, you know, Bert, and he's all totally serious. He said, you know, I really, really got the essence of what it's like to play Batman. I said, oh, really? Well, how'd that come about, Adam? He said, well, I was watching Charlton Heston the other night in the Ten Commandments. 
receiving the word of God from the Sermon on the Mount. (laughs) I mean, my God, you know what I mean? He he saw himself like Moses bringing the tablets down. I mean, and and of course I was, you know, fast and this and this and that. Mm-hmm. But he and I got along so well, and it was this. You know, I got to tell you something. Comedy is not easy to do. Yeah, making oh, people yeah. cry or being serious is a lot easier than making them laugh. Exactly. And mm-hmm. the exactly. key to great comic duos in history has been contrast, right? Uh, yes, sure. that is Abbott, true. You, you know, the, the, the Costello, for your yang, you know, right? Laurel and Hardy. Yes. Big uh, man, Johnny Carson. I mean, great oh, yeah. contrast. The Chris and the same. The more the contrast, the more entertaining. <laughs> there you go. You're the big duo there. So, so that's what, and, and so Adam, that's what he and I did. We, we played off the contrast. And, and Adam had such a sense of humor. Oh my gosh. And he was, he did things that always were very suggestive. You know what words, I love he about could your not story? leave it alone. He had to go very suggestive. Yeah. You know what I love about your story? There was a quote I remember hearing um, for years, and I always remembered this, uh, where someone said, I would rather have ignorance on fire than knowledge on ice. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. reminds me of you because you were so ignorant with the industry yeah. that you just was so enthused so excited so right. this and it created the whole character around you well and, and see what was so interesting in in, in that in terms of why it was partly so successful is it was whenever you have an actor and you t- i mean if somebody walks down the street let's just say you see somebody walk down the street say you know hey uh, i just saw you walk down the street and i'm a producer and i'd like to film you walking down the street and, and would you please walk down the street again <laughs> i guarantee you it would not be the same walk you understand? No, because once you become conscious knowing. and self-conscious, mm-hmm. right? But you've got to understand, for me, I couldn't care less about what the camera was doing. I was totally having fun. And, the, and because of a black belt in karate at the time was a brown belt, I love the fight scenes. I could hardly wait to get in there with, in, and fight with these guys. You know what I mean? All the stuntmen yeah. and stuff. And, and, and so for me, this was all, it wasn't like a game, but it was just like, I just had fun with it. I never thought, I never worried. Oh, well, how do you look on camera? What about this? Or, oh, is that your good side? <laughs> you know, all these crazy things that these actors go through. I just did what I was doing and I had such good time and they left me alone. They basically just left Adam and let I. Let you run alone. Yes, let you run with it. And, and, I, and, I, and it's funny because, you know, <clears throat> there's so many things out there in society that teaches people how to be. And I love your story because you're just saying, just be you and the right yeah, opportunities maybe. will come. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and so I, I did everything never had a, never had any issue whatsoever about, about anything. I mean, the only thing I will tell you was a very dangerous show. I got hurt oh, a wow. bunch of times from explosions that were supposed to go in one direction. Um, ended up in the first week. I, I, I went to the emergency hospital. Oh, wow. For six days, four days in a row going to an emergency hospital. Third degree burns one day, broken nose, two by four landing on my nose. I mean, I'm telling you, I didn't think I was going to survive the first week. You know, it was a really dangerous show. And then you look back 50 years later and you're like, 
wow, right? I mean, I mean, I, I can only imagine that here it is. You were young. You were that. You, you had nobody had any idea that the Batman and Robin would become such a big phenomenon. Yes, how iconic. It, 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 let me tell you something. At the time, because we were on twice a week, <coughs> it was the number one and number two television show in the entire world. In the entire world, okay. Um, we Adam and I would went out and made personal appearances, okay. And we would have lines that were five hours long of people standing in wow. line just to, just to shake hands. Not even have a chance to talk. Uh, Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Hi, how are you? Sign an autograph like that. Five hours. I mean, the, the lines were gigantic. Um, and, uh, you, you know, it was just, it, it, was, it was so much fun doing it. And people just loved it. You know, there's something about when that made Batman so successful. We were in people's homes mm -hmm. with their family. We're a family show. We appealed yes, to everybody. Yes. For kids, it was the ultimate hero worship. Oh my gosh, who wouldn't want to be riding in the Batmobile with <laughs> Batman climbing <laughs> buildings, fighting heinous <laughs> villains, saving lives? I mean, who wouldn't want to be doing that? Okay, mm -hmm. every kid wanted to do that. And for yes, yes. adults, it was the nostalgia of the comic book, you know, oh, bringing right. the comic mm -hmm. book brought to life. And there was another segment that was very hard to reach in the 60s. And that was the college kids and the high school kids. Yeah. yeah. At that time, nobody wanted to be inside. I mean, everybody wanted to <laughs> let's cruise around, you know, the, um, the, yeah. the, uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights, and you know, rev, rev your engines up going around the-, mm -hmm. the, the, the Even in my day, we did, we did. Um, I remember I was 18, I had a lowrider truck and we'd cruise up and down a Walmart parking lot. There you go, that's that stuff. <laughs> so how did we get those people? Well, that's where Adam and I started doing something that had never been done in television before. And that was saying one thing, but, doing something that gives the impression of something else. In other words, we, we used to say that, you know, we put on our tights to put on the world. Okay. And we, and by the things that we said and the implications and they got kind of heavier and heavier and heavier oh, that wow. people that they, you know, we found out that they would say in college dorms that, that students would get to the cafeteria where they had television sets, um, an hour and a half early before our show just to be able to get a seat to watch Batman for 30 minutes. That's how hot it was. Wow. You know, so it was really, it was, it was an amazing thing. And, and it's so funny because, you know, meeting people and I've like, I've done, I think it's seven over 7,000 personal appearances. Wow. 7,000 in different oh, cities all across lot. America. Signed more than eight and a half million autographs. Hmm. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. You talk about hand cramps. I got cramps <laughs> in every place that there's had place to have <laughs> you know. Yeah. And but but at the same time, you know, and, and people that would uh, that at, would meet Adam and I, you, you know, if, it's so funny because I would see them meet uh, like at some of these comic cons and stuff, they meet other celebrities, like, oh wow, it's nice to meet you, this, that. But meeting Batman and Robin, I mean, people would get this twinkle in their eye and kind of a yeah. smirk. Well, like I, I mean, said, it's surreal having you even here. It is. Well, yeah, we had a lot of fun doing Batman. And we, 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 we always protected the characters. You know, when we would make appearances in costume, if, if somebody said, oh, we'll take off your mask, we would never do that. Oh, right. uh, keep the integrity of the character. And when we wore our costumes, we were in character. 
if somebody said, well, how do you like being an actor? I'm not an actress citizen, you know? I mean, we would- <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> we made it real and those mm -hmm. kids came up- So they got that like, experience. Oh my gosh. And it, it, I mean, and so many funny things happened. Like I remember one time, just a funny thing where all these people are in line for hours and hours and there's one little kid, well, I guess he's probably 10 or 12, but, but you know, he wasn't really little, but he wasn't an yeah. adult, yeah. but he's by himself, right? And he had his mm -hmm. picture there, okay? And I just finished signing, you know, because I'd say, hi, how are you? And then she hands, what's your name? Oh, my name's John, and I'd sign it. Nice to meet you, John. And then here this little kid came up, and he was so nervous. I said, hi, how are you? He said, I'm fine. I said, oh, what's your name? I don't know. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> forgot his name. He oh, forgot yeah. his poor thing, was so nervous, forgot his name. Yeah. And I, I said that on our show. So. I said, no, yeah. I said, you stand over here for a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you can think about your name. And when you know your name, just tell me and I'm going to sign your photo, right? And it was so <laughs> Right behind him was another man with his son who said, okay, come on, son, it's our turn. We know our names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I mean, there's been a few times people. where I start the show out and I'm like, Hey everyone, we're this is crit, and then I freak, my mind goes blank. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely, brain freeze, and we call that <laughs> exactly. So yeah. these things happen, but you know, it, it, overall, it's been a, an amazing, uh, amazing life, amazing opportunity. Been very fortunate. I, you know, I mean, uh, now it's it is kind of strange because people say, "Oh, well, you're an icon." Oh, well, that, well, that's nice. Sounds nice. You know, you're a legend. Oh, you're well, just you. That's it. Then they then they say things like, you know, Bert, you are very well preserved. And what, what do you mean? What do you think I drink formaldehyde? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know. And, and for me, I'm the kid that never grew up. See, I, and you didn't have to. You I were able to play. You were able exactly. to play that part. Right, right, yeah, and and so for me, I, I, nothing's changed, you know, for me, and 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 I and all the people, and and it is seems strange though, you know, and people like, you, you know what I mean. In others, I don't think of myself as anything different than anybody else. Yeah, exactly. And so when somebody says, "Oh, wow, this and that," I say, "Oh, well, that's okay," you know. They're just I mean, burp. Exactly. Exactly. I, I don't, you know, I've always been that way, and maybe it's because. I wasn't rejected so many times. That's Some of these actors are so emotionally torn down to feel like they're oh, nothing. And by the time yeah, they get somewhere, all of a sudden they that. become a monster themselves. You yeah. know, but I was never that way. I mean, and in fact, in acting class, I want to share one thing with you. This is an acting class be before I ever, you know, met this producer or, or went out for the interview. I remember the, uh, the director in my acting class said, Bert, I'd like you to stay afterwards. I want to talk to you about something. I thought, oh, gee, maybe I did something wrong. And everybody left after class. He said, you know, Bert, you are different than everyone else in my class. Wow. And I got, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know, maybe it's bad, right? Maybe I'm <laughs> bad. And I said, well, well, what do you mean? He said, you know, everyone in this class, okay, wants to be an actor so bad. And, and I know you do too. But the difference is that I just have this feeling that if you didn't succeed, you could be perfectly happy and live a and be have a happy life. Whereas wow. everybody here, they're so on edge about their chance that they almost prevent their success mm. by being so wow. intense about it. Where you know, it's really true. And and I'll tell you something. With all the success I've had, there's been a few things where I didn't get something. Like when yeah. I was mm -hmm. Batman, 
let me tell you a real quick little story. When yeah. I was doing Batman, um, right after this is the first season, I mean, it's the hottest thing in the entire world. I'm a 20th Century Fox and a young Hollywood producer came up to me and he said, you know, I'm I'm producing a very small film here. OK, um, mm -hmm. very small you know, at 20th Century Fox. Um, and but I'd still like if you'd be interested to for you to play the lead role. And I said, well, you know, I, I'm shooting Batman and I don't know, I got to find out when we stop shooting because they have a period called the hiatus when you're not filming. You okay. Yeah. Around. yeah. Okay. And, and he said, you know, he said, I already checked and, you know, uh, I, you will be available because, you wow. know, you'll finish filming. I said, geez, I'd love to do it. Okay. And I had no idea what it was, you know, just the, but, you know, you know, a, a great, an opportunity. And this is a role, obviously not Robin, right? Yeah. And um, I felt that I, I wouldn't have a problem getting the role because this was at the same studio. It's not like a competing like, studio hey. contract where they'd say, well, we're not going to let you work for that other student, you know? Yeah. And uh, everything was all set. I was going to do it. And at the last minute, ABC Network said to 20th Century Fox, we don't want him to do this role. Mm. And, 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 and they said, well, why not? You know, they said, because Batman is such a success. And, and I must tell you, at the time, ABC Network was not a network. It was a syndication network. It wasn't a, like a CBS or NBC. Oh, wow. And mm -hmm. Batman and Bewitched, the enormous success of Batman and Bewitched that made ABC the third network. Okay. Oh, and wow. because of that, that. they, they mm -hmm. said, we don't want any dilution of Bert's character. We don't want to see him doing anything. Wow. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. So the studio it felt really sense. bad. They said, you know, this is the network. You know, we have a network <laughs> show. I mean, we, we're in a tough position, but we, 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 you know, we have to honor, you know, you know, cause we have a contract, you know, for you to do Batman. Mm -hmm. And I felt really bad, but you know, at the same time, you know, Hey, like you win some, you lose some, right? But well, yes. by the way, just in case you might have heard of the film, it was called The Graduate. Oh, and when they yes. Me, mm -hmm. They got a guy named Dustin Hoffman to play The Graduate. Uh, yes. This, this was the film that made Huge his career. for him. Yes. Gigantic wow. role. Gigantic wow. thing, right? But it was, it was a sleeper film. It became one of the biggest mm -hmm. films in America. Oh, wow. yes. Love but that. So you win some, you lose some. And I've always thought of it this way, that... I don't have any regrets because I look at, at acting and what I've done is like a glass that is full of water. Your glass could be full of a whole bunch of different projects you've done, or your glass could mm -hmm. be primarily full with one gigantic project that you've done and other yeah. supplements. But either way, the glass is still full. You Amen. still get it all. Right. And that's, that's what I look at because so many actors are like they're all bummed out and they're this and that and and Many of them, unfortunately, they get into drugs or alcohol or, you, you know what I mean? Who knows mm -hmm. what? I've never yeah, done that. So I've never done that. My wife and I, we're totally, we, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't drink drugs, never have, never will. Awesome. And, and we've That's her. I can't say that because I went through 19 years of addictions, but she never done any of that either. Well, there you go. You know, and, 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 but I mean, in my industry, this is like. That's like, unheard of. That's unheard of. Yes. <laughs> And, and, you know, we just, and, and the thing is, and it's really sad, I, I must tell you that. Let's go back to that. Uh, you talk about marriage now. Um, yeah. Sandy and I, we met, and I'd like to tell our story real quick as you, oh, yeah. I, it's perfect for your story. Yeah. For um, but um, 
we met online back in February 2nd of 02. Talked on the phone for the first. And of course, it was taboo back then, not like it yeah, is now. Yeah, not common like it is. But now. we met February 2nd of 02. Talked on That's the phone 19 the years ago, right? Yeah. 19 years ago. And we talked on the phone for the first time February um, 4th. Set a wedding date February 18th and met in person March 4th. So we were meeting in Wait person. Wait a minute, did you meet before or after the wedding? But we were meeting. That is really wild. That is wow, that's even wilder than my experience. And I like to tell that story because again, I heard your story and I'm like, wow, on yours. So tell us how y'all met and yeah. what her dad tried to do. It was an oh, amazing story. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think yours is actually crazier than mine. What happened <laughs> is, um, um, I was. I, I, I'm also a business person, and um, even though being an actor, I, I feel that all of us we can do whatever we want in life. You don't, you know, you can you can be an artist, and yet you can be a business person. You can do. Yeah. I mean, we're free. We should be able to do whatever we want, and we shouldn't be yeah. pigeonholed. Well, you can only do that, or you can only do this. Right. So, uh, I was involved with again charity work because I've always done my whole life. And I was doing this uh, uh, thing and I was actually running a publicly traded company. Okay. Which is oh, wow. something, to, you know, not just a private company, a real public. <laughs> company. And, um, um, my, my, well, my ultimately future father-in-law, one of the most impressive businessmen in America, my, um, um, this gentleman's name is Victor Posner. He was Forbes 400, if you know what that is. Um, One of the richest yeah. people in America. He was on the cover, 1986 cover of Business Week as the highest paid executive in America. And I mean, very impressed. They made two movies about him called Wall Street with Michael Douglas. Oh, He was like most fierce, you know, corporate raider in America at the time. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, apparently, because I was running a publicly traded company, he heard about our company through a, a stockbroker. Because you know, when you're running a public company, you're always talking to these brokers. They want to know what's going mm -hmm. on in the company. So this and that, they can tell their their customers. Anyway, so I didn't know this, but 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 this one stockbroker had talked to uh, Victor Posner, and Victor Posner had a daughter who <laughs> was also into charity, who worked yeah. for her father like 20 hours a day, seven days a week, mm -hmm. didn't date, didn't do anything, was like the perfect daughter, right? I mean, like mm -hmm. you couldn't have any more perfect daughter that for as far as a father's concerned, totally dedicated to the business, everything yeah. you could get. Well, and, 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 and Tracy, who's now been my wife now for 31 years, um, she uh, was a very unique person because she only sleeps two hours a night since she's mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I, I couldn't do that. She sleeps two hours that. a night. So she would that. work 20 hours a day for her father. Mm -hmm. She would come back to her apartment at night and do two hours of charity work and mm. then sleep mm -hmm. for two hours. Well, apparently her father found out that she was doing this charity work. I mean, working 20 hours for somebody when you normal eight-hour day, that was already more than mm -hmm. twice a, a normal work day, right? Oh, yes. He said, oh, no, no, I don't want you to do anything. You should only do stuff for the company, okay, for mm -hmm. the empire, right? right? And he said, I'll find some company that will do that charity work for you so you can just dedicate yourself to this. So technically, mm -hmm. he found our company. Wow. And he sent Tracy out to see me with, uh, to buy an interest in this company, uh, in our, not to buy control, but to buy an interest in the company with $10 million. Yeah. 
$10 million to buy it, okay? So she, not knowing me, not knowing this, she's, I don't want to do that. I, I want to do my charity. Oh, I know you can't do it. So here's got a father-daughter thing going on, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, she was out here on business because at the time, she and her father owned Arby's, you know, the roast beef chain. Oh, yeah. love Arby's, yeah. RC mm -hmm. Cola, have you ever heard of that? Oh, yes. They own yes. RC Cola. I mean, they own, they own an That's empire, huge. okay, mm -hmm. uh, of 3,600 companies, okay, oh, wow. $126 wow. billion dollars a year in business. I mean, 200,000 employees. I mean, it's an empire. Mm -hmm. And she was out here on business, and he said, I want you to go see this Burt Ward. And, and she said, I, I don't want to see anybody. I don't need to see anybody. I'm happy doing, no, no, you got to go see this guy. <laughs> so long story short, she, she, uh, he said, hey, you got to call him. And it, and, and it turns out this was a Friday night, you know, at the end of the week, most people like, you know, they'll take Friday off at, at the end of sure. work, go out and have mm -hmm. whatever. But this was, this was at five o'clock on a Friday night. He says, you call this guy. Okay. You don't want to go see him, but you call him now. And if he's in his office, <laughs> then you got to see him. But if he's not mm -hmm. in his office at five o'clock on a Friday night, he's not one of us. So you don't have to. Uh -huh. right? So what did she wow. do? Mm -hmm. She got a little busy and waited two hours and called me at about eight o'clock at night. Okay. <laughs> Three hours later, I was still at the yeah. office. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. And we got talking and here's this person saying this and that. And I hear Arby's and I said, then I hear RC Cola. <laughs> then I hear these other, I said, wait a minute, you need to get your story straight. You're telling me about all these companies. You know what I mean? You know, which one do you work for? So I work for all of them. Well, you can't work for all, you know, I mean, I just couldn't, my mind couldn't conceive of that. So yeah. it ended up where he, he, her father insisted that we meet. Okay. So, okay. So we met, we talked for 12 hours straight. Well, uh, wow. it's a lot of talking, right? It is. Well, first, I'll tell you is, you know, it's a yeah. good thing I'm on your show and talking to you first, because if you were interviewing my wife, Tracy, you would think I was a mute. I mean, she will not let me get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. so, anyway, the she and I talking, talking, talking for 12 hours, right? And mm -hmm. we like fell in love. And, you know, and, 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 and I said, and she's, well, I got to go to New York tomorrow. And I said, you know, I, I, I think we're destined to be in a relationship and wow. I think you should come back and marry me. You know what I mean? Cause after a trip and she said, well, I don't know. And then I, when I was leaving her, I dropped her off at her hotel mm -hmm. and I just leaned over to give her a kiss on the cheek. You know what I mean? That's pretty conservative, don't you think? Yes, it is. it is. She wouldn't, she wouldn't let me kiss her on the cheek. She said, I would mm -hmm. never kiss anybody unless I was going to marry them. Wow. Oh, wow. 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 And then she said to me that, that after I left, she said, 10 minutes after you left, I said to myself, I should have kissed him. I'm going to marry him. And she went to New York and I, we talked on the phone and I said, you got to come back and marry me. In the meantime, her father calls her and my mm -hmm. wife, Tracy, if she makes up her mind about something, it has already mm -hmm. occurred. You understand? It's yeah. not like you're going to do. It's already occurred. So she yeah. says to her father, oh, I'm married. He's what? What are you talking about? You can't be married that quick. She's not married. I'm moving to California, married an actor. He's, oh, I told God. you when you were three years old not to do that. I made you promise. Me. True enough. When she was three years old, her father said to her, whatever you do, never go to California or marry an actor. 
And she was three years old. He made her promise that. Dad, I can't hold on to that promise. I was three years old at the time, right? Yeah. Anyway, so that was the beginning of a very unique relationship where I ended up meeting her father, who really was such an impressive person. I don't think, I mean, you know, you see these shows on television like Dynasty and stuff. Uh-huh. Like and the real thing is like 10 times bigger and more powerful and mm, wow. Wow. so it's been a real it, it's been a real wonderful thing and 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 I, I i am honestly i gotta say i'm the luckiest guy in the world i have never known anybody in my life that was literally when i was describing earlier to like you know like the perfect daughter she's like the perfect human being i mean nobody's perfect but she is about as that's close what to i see in sandy just, you know, and I say to myself, I don't deserve her. She's too good for me. <laughs> you know, she is such an incredibly kind, loving. And by the way, <clears throat> while we're talking, every single day for the last 27 years, for 18 hours a day, she's caring for these animals here in our wow. home. Oh, that I is mean, so amazing. What a commitment, you know? Wow. Yeah, that's commitment. And she could have do anything she wanted. You understand? Mm-hmm. What does she do? She does charity work, and I do charity work, and and we actually get more fun yeah, doing things for others than doing for ourselves. I tell mm-hmm. people I can only eat so many hamburgers a day, right? <clears throat> yeah. We want to do something that really means something for people. So right, now we have, a new company. we have this new corporation called Superheroes to the Rescue. Oh wow! Oh, tell us about be doing that. all of this stuff for and and the whole idea is that and as my wife describes it so much better than i can but she says we could all be superheroes in our own way if we do something that's kind to other people to animals and to better our world and we're going to be doing tv programming and movies and all of these kinds of things right here on our own property um but all with the goal of trying to make a better world for all of us to live in to be honest with you uh, love that. Love and, you know, speaking of family, we have a third co-host that we let come on as we close out here. Our nine-year-old. Our nine-year-old. Christopher. So she's going to go get him. I will get him. And, oh, we've and, got like a, and we got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged in a show, too, because we are a family affair show. It, that's fantastic. That is wonderful. That is absolutely. <laughs> you know, family is so important. And, and I think in our country... We need families to unite and we need to all be really, we all need to be a bigger family. It's like a, all of us, we, we are really part of one family. You know, I tell everybody we're on, on this planet such a short period of time. We're the human family. Yes. We need to make every day count, you know, uh, that's, that's, well, hello there, citizen. Hi, rewards. So what's a fair food? <laughs> What, what, what did you did you ask me a question i didn't hear what what uh yeah what's a fair food what did what, what did, I didn't favorite food oh favorite food oh geez oh well you know actually i'm a light eater as soon as it gets light in the morning i start eating no but uh i, uh, I that's a great question i uh, that you know it's funny I would think I was a picky eater when I was young, but as I get a little older, I find I seem to like everything. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, I mean, so many different. I think I I like spaghetti. Do you like spaghetti? Yes. I uh, see. How about that? Yeah, we have something in common here. Yeah. Uh, may I ask how old are How old are you? Are you nine? I'm nine. Really? And uh, what do you like to do? What do I like to do? Uh, 
Look at it. He's looking at mommy. Uh, <laughs> you like sports? Do you like to do sports? Do you like to? Well, I play you, basketball a little bit. He plays basketball at church time to time. And video are you games, able, of course. Really? You are able to get that basketball in the net? Are you able to? Yes, a long time ago. ago. And he's wow. going to be tall because he's already 59 wow. inches. And he's only wow. nine. And nine years of age. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're gonna you're gonna be the jolly green giant. I mean, and, and what's funny is I'm only five foot seven, uh, and Sandy's five foot five, so well, he won't be long. He'll be past us. Yeah, that's right. And you know, somewhere in the genealogy, somewhere you know, along the way, there was somebody tall in the family. Well, her dad was like uh, what five ten? Five ten, yeah. So he's tall. And man, my dad, he's shorter than me, but he said that there's several people on his side of the family right. that's been tall. Right. Well, that's great. That's so that's, he's got that from from somebody else, but not from Sandy and I. The there you go. There you go. Well, that's wonderful. It's so nice to meet you. Do you yeah. I mean, you 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 like to play basketball? Is that what you like to do? How about yes. baseball? Do you like baseball too, or what? What's your I favorite? Tried that. I haven't tried it yet. I see. Do you like to go hiking? You like, you like to exercise? Yeah. He likes to walk. Yeah, Izzy, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. Well, it's very nice to meet you. You have any other questions for me? Yes. So, what's a favorite episode of Batman? Of uh, my favorite episode of Batman? Yeah. Is that the question? Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, um, we did 120 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. 120. Wow. Episodes. And oh, we yeah. fought a lot of heinous villains. Okay. I mean, we fought the Joker, the Riddler, the Penguin. We have the Catwoman. And uh, I'll tell you, one of the really tough ones we fought was Egghead. We fought mm -hmm. Egghead. Yeah, and that was uh, played by Vincent Price, by the way. And uh, and we we had, we had a big fight with him at Old McDonald's Farm. <laughs> oh wow! But we we uh, you know, so actually, you know, I didn't have one single favorite because every week I got to work with a big star, and for me, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was kind of like you. Is that cool? You know, yes. And, and cool. So every week when somebody would come in and I say, oh my gosh, I saw that person on television or I watched him in the movie theater. And I was so excited to meet these people. And then something else you might find interesting. There were so many major Hollywood stars that wanted to be on Batman. But remember, there was only like one villain a week or maybe in the last season, I think there was like a double villain or something. <laughs> so many people wanted to be on our show. So the producers created that special scene where Batman and Robin are climbing up the side of the building and a window opens. And there would be like Sammy Davis Jr. Or, oh, wow. or Lurch or Colonel Clink or <clears throat> so many different uh, actors or actresses that would, Betty White, I mean, all these people that would be on our show and all of their families were driving them crazy to be on Batman. When something is hot, everybody wants to have a part of it. Wow. Wow. That's okay. amazing. So what's a very movie? Last question. A favorite Last question. movie? Yes. Well, Let's see here. I, I like to be open-minded. I would have to say Batman, the movie I did. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm uh, prejudiced about that. No. <laughs> Not at all. No. Because no. what's yours favorite? Mine is the Minions movie. The Which one? The Minions movie. The Minions. Oh, wow. Very good. How many times have you seen that? A lot. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot. Maybe, the whole family has maybe seen Maybe one hundred times. A hundred <laughs> times? 
Yeah, probably. maybe more. <laughs> maybe more. Well, I'll bet you, you know, you could probably recite those actors' lines. You could probably say everything that they're going to say, right? You already yeah, yeah. know ahead of time. Yes. Yeah, wow. he does. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, it's certainly nice to meet you. And you, is there anything else you'd like to ask me? You're welcome to. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bye, Nate. Bye, citizen. <laughs> so as we come to a close here, how did the holy thing part happen? Well, that was written in the script. There was 400 or 383 of them. Uh, plus, when you add in the Batman movie, we did it, put it over 400. And uh, but the holies were always tied to something, you know, and in other words, okay, it yeah. wasn't just like, like holy interview. Right. There you go. <laughs> or like you know, we were in a spaghetti factory and we had a line like holy ravioli, Batman. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <clears throat> or, um, you know, things like that, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, holy strawberries, Batman. Are we in a jam? I mean, kind of <laughs> cookie things. That, uh, but yeah, there were so many of them. And once in a while, because we had different writers that they didn't quite get the gags as much as, you know, Adam and I did. So they would let mm. me rewrite them. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Uh, to, to be more fitting the particular scene. So, mm -hmm. but that was a fun. And of course, everybody, I mean, that has become such a common phrase, you know, and people say things all the time, you know, they, and they don't even realize what they're saying when they say it, you know. But they got it from our show. <laughs> oh, amazing. So if you could say anything to your fans, what would you want to tell them? Well, I would say be healthy, stay healthy, try to live your life the best way you can. You know, love your family and your friends and your neighbors. Be kind to people, you know, um, and uh you know, and actually, I'll tell you, on a, on a more serious note, um, I like to tell people that there are three essentials to happiness. Would you like to know what those three essentials Please are? Please tell us. Okay. Yes. The th here's the three essentials to happiness. Number one, someone to love. So number important. Two, number two, something to do. Oh, sure. Uh, number we three, agree something to look forward to. Uh, Those are the three yes. essentials to happiness, you know? And we got I all three. Another thing, live each day as though it were your last and someday you'll be right. Mm, I love that. That's, that's how we evolved. You know, you know, people thought we were crazy when we <clears> married because we, when we married, I always, always had this utopia idea right. that I wanted to be a 24-7 marriage, whoever I married. Yeah. And people called me crazy. They said this and that. I'm like, if I marry somebody, I want it. I'm marrying to be with the person, exactly. not away from the person. You, and, you know, that's exactly what Tracy and I have. You know, her father said, well, I'm going to give you some advice. If you're going to marry this guy, be sure that you get away from each other enough during the day so that you don't get sick of each other. And oh. Tracy says, oh, no, I'm going to be with him 24 hours a day. And her father mm. said, you're crazy. You guys cannot last. And she said, Dad, you know, you haven't done too well in that marriage department. So <laughs> I don't think you should be giving me advice. And you know something? My wife, Tracy, and I are together 24 hours a day. And, mm. you know, um, it, it can be stressful sometimes. But for the most of the time, it's like I can't think of anything that I'd rather do. And so yeah. everything we do, we do together. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and 
and and she's enjoying something at the same time i'm enjoying something you know yes everywhere we go we hold hands we've been married for 32 years and we love each other i mean it's just how it should be date night it's a date night wherever we go or do anything together (laughs) yes yeah we do a lot of day trips where we you know we're in savannah georgia so we sometimes we'll go to Jacksonville, Florida, sometimes Charleston, South Carolina, just for the day. Right. You know, people still, again, oh, they think yeah. we're cra- crazy on that. We'll drive two hours to spend the day there and come back that late oh, that's that night. That's great. That, that's a great trip. That, that is, that is, that is, you know, little, tri- you know, and, I, and um, <clears throat> uh, there, there's another famous saying, okay, about, uh, because, you know, in the things you're doing, they enrich your lives, right? I mean, you're bringing an enrichment. Um, there's a very famous quote by a 15th century philosopher, philosopher that said, for in the dew of little things, the heart finds its morning and is refreshed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, and it's not always big things. It could be little moments that you do and, and, and the things you share, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I tell everybody we're on this planet for such a short period of time. Yep. Oh, every day count. Every day should count. And, and, you know, uh, and, as, you know, and especially in our world right now where there's so much strife and, and in our country and, and, you know, and, and, and it's just a terrible thing. And <clears throat> I remember growing up in a, in a different world, so to speak, than our world today, you know, Mm-hmm. And, I, and I worry about children growing up in a much tougher world that we have mm-hmm. now. Than, yes. than, 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 yeah, with a know. nine-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, we worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, you know, you, you, all you can do is make the best, you know what I mean? Uh, of, of everything. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and that's what we do. We, and we're, but, but you got to be happy on the inside, because if you're not happy on the inside, nothing works for you. Yeah. And that's why happiness is essential to all of us, you know? So true. Yeah. Love that. And yeah, we really enjoyed having you today. And because we, we could go on and on. And I know <laughs> we'd be here for hours and hours. I but, and you know what the interesting oh, thing yeah. is? You guys are such wonderful and so easy to talk to. And I think in, in the time that we've talked, and I've only had to take three breaths. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all. I mean, we have no problem talking, as you can obviously see. And, yep. and, and it, it just, I mean, I, I tell you, I keep telling my wife, Tracy, I said, you know, we should just put a camera on the two of us trying to get a word in with each other. And I said, people would be so entertained, like, who's going to win? Yeah. Who's going to win? Who's going right. yeah. <laughs> to you know, get the last word? So, uh, but anyway, I've enjoyed it. And you guys are really a lot of fun. And well, I we appreciate all the success. You. you know, I think you're, you, you're going to find that as time grows, you know, it's not always straight up success. You could go like this, and then you kind of got to go like that. Yeah. Then you kind of got to go like that because nothing goes straight up except a rocket. Yeah, that's the only thing. Right? So, and, and when you get to that, and again, there's some success that goes straight up, but usually it's a long this way before, and right. then all of a sudden, more, right? You know, that one thing happens, and then. Right. Oh, and well, there is one thing I wanted to come back to before we yeah. hang up. Yeah. And that's okay. something you brought up that I don't want to leave untouched. And that mm-hmm. is you asked me about my friendship with Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. yes. As you know, Bruce Lee was the most famous martial artist in cinema mm-hmm. the world has ever seen and, and may ever be. The yes. most famous, right? Mm-hmm. And he lived in a complex 
of condominiums where I lived. And we oh, knew wow. each other and we actually okay. scarred together, okay? And a piece of trivia for your viewers and listeners that Bruce Lee's first filmed fight scene of his career was fighting me on Batman. Oh, wow. Oh, did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And, uh, and uh, I remember, um, and there were times, uh, I remember just to go how far back it goes that Bruce and his wife, Linda, and they, they had a son, Brandon, who was six months old at the oh, time. Yes. Brandon yeah. Lee. Mm -hmm. And we would go down to Chinatown because Bruce lived in Hong Kong for 10 years. And we, he, mm -hmm. we would go down to Chinatown in L.A., and he would order nothing that was on the menu. I mean, it had to be all the most authentic stuff. And mm -hmm. he was really a nice guy and a very smart person and very sharp. You know, wow. I mean, mm -hmm. people say, what kind of a guy was he? He, he was, he trained eight hours a day. Wow. He never, no matter, I don't care if it's Christmas day or New Year's, he trained eight hours a day and he was mm -hmm. really fast. I mean, he was, I mean, you, you just imagine, you know, just like, I tell people after 27 years of caring for animals, how we're so good handling animals. Well, he was so good doing martial arts because he did it. I mean, he just lived it, ate it, mm -hmm. breathed it. And he was, and, and plus he was talented at it. You know what I mean? You could only, yes. not everybody is talented at everything. You know, we all mm -hmm. have things that we're good at and other things we're not so good at. Yes. But he had a natural talent. You, you, you know wow. what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. combine a natural talent with an, an, an amazing dedication that far mm -hmm. surpassed anything, you know, a work ethic in training that I've never seen before. So that's why he was so really good at And everything he did was real. It was not, oh, real. Wow. he was every bit as fast as, 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 as it, it seemed. Mm -hmm. Wow. In fact, they had a problem. That. They couldn't catch off. They'd have to slow down because they couldn't catch it on film. They actually uh -huh. would go uh -huh. by too quick. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't catch it. They, they have to constantly ask him, no, don't do it. Not so fast. Not for this and that. But, <laughs> but you know, he was, uh, and we, we had some good times. And, he, and, and we laughed together and we talked together and we just, uh, I just enjoyed his company. And uh, he was, uh, he was an amazing human being. It was a terrible loss that we lost him. Yes, but but mm -hmm. he, he was one of the greats of all times. Love yes. that. You know, and, you know, and that's a great, it's a wrap. So um, we loved having you on the show today. And, we, and you know what? We look forward to having you back down the road. Yes, it was an honor to have you here. Thank, well, thank you so you. much for your time. Well, maybe next time I could bring my wife, Tracy, because she, was, love that. she is an amazing person with an amazing story and a life story wow. that, you know, oh was God. so different than mine. But how yeah. the two of us well, came You set it up and we'll get it done. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Sounds All right, well, great. then I guess it's time to say goodbye, right? So yes. we're going to do it on Batman as we say to the Batmobile citizens. There we go. Yes. Bye. Bye. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks.